I saw a, a picture, some Facebook pictures, Megan's there it, with a big group. I don't know what she's doing. But. Yeah, it's um, Hanson Weekend in Tulsa. Hanson, the musical group, and she's like in the fan club and everything. She's, this girl is fan obsessed with Hanson. I'm surprised she, was, she doesn't have a Hanson tattoo. Is God. Hanson actually there? Yeah. <laughs> don't ever suggest that. Dude, she'll do it. <laughs> yeah, they're still around. Still... She like knows their birthdays and all of that. I, I couldn't even tell you my freaking parents' birthdays, but she knows Hanson's. That's how I was back in the day with NSYNC. I couldn't tell oh. you. Uh, have I done Home for Unwanted Girls yet? I don't think I have. I think we just talked about it over the text message. Ugh. No, I, th- I feel like you did that one. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Where's our... The one that's Canadian historical fiction? I think I did. Yeah, you did. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. I think I did it the same week I read it because it I just liked it because it was profoundly sad. She loves everything pro- pro- profoundly sad. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder why we're friends, you know? Am I profoundly sad? Is that why you like me? No, you're not. Oh. But it's just if a book is too light, I just, it just doesn't hold my interest. It has to make me have feelings. And unfortunately, I'm so callous that it has to be profoundly sad or profoundly funny or profoundly something you guys balance each other out is that what it is opposites attract and you can't get much opposite then we go together because opposites attract you know we could but i'm not gonna be republican just a natural fact wow that was off key (laughs) (laughs) that's all i sing is off key so it's all right same i don't know any other key my deaf dog doesn't judge me (laughs) that's true Abby judges me. <laughs> How's it going with your dog? Is she adjusting really good or? She seems to be. She's still she's adorable. Oh. Yeah, she's got her little mustache cut off, though, because it needed to be shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was she getting food caught in it? Yeah, food and water. And she likes raw hides. And I was like, mm, I'm not all about cleaning your face every day. Hmm. So, yeah, my puppy often has tummy problems. So oh. I'm wiping the opposite of her mouth mm. a few times a day. Oh, just say the butt for freak's sake. I have to wipe her ass after we go on a walk. Thank you. Yeah. You I don't do know something. why we all of a sudden are mincing words over there. I just was <laughs> trying not to be quite so crass. I really need to stop saying the F word so much. I've come to that conclusion. My fucking <laughs> God, would you quit swearing so fucking much? Here, I'm trying to be good and you're doing the <laughs> headphone dance over there. Sarah made me feel bad on the call. She's like, I had to put my headphones on because my son was starting to swear. Actually, she didn't say that. She just said, dang, Martha, could you give us some warning so we can put our headphones on? It's crazy how fast kids pick up on that. They do. They pick up fast. You know, my my sister's little boy is autistic, and um, he heard the phrase, fuck my life, one time, and he walks around saying fuck my life all the time when she went to the to the doctor to the therapist that um you know she goes for his um autism and he was saying fuck my life to the therapist and she's like i swear to god he only heard it one time and it wasn't from me well here's the thing everybody on the call listens to the podcast we got allison on the line allison i wanted to introduce you before we got too far in how are you good how are you guys we're great. How's yeah. you're in Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Tell us about where you live, real quick, so that people kind of can get a picture of you. How long you've yeah. known us, and you know that that sort of thing. We want to introducing know. you to our friends. We just so. really want to know how much you love us. No, it's, that's not stoke it. our egos. <laughs> I've been listening to you guys since pretty much the beginning it's it's part of my monday morning routine so i wait i don't listen to the podcast when you put it up on sunday i wait until monday morning i am right outside the milwaukee area the king of beers which is pretty much everything i know about milwaukee except for laverne and shirley right that was milwaukee 70s show yeah a lot of people say that 70s show too where do you live in Wisconsin? What town, if you don't mind saying? Uh, New Berlin. Okay, my family lives in Wauwatosa. I grew up in Wauwatosa, actually. Oh, okay. We'll see. We got a little Rachel Allison connection going on there. 
Well, and I we both love serial killers. What is that about? I don't know. It's a Midwest thing because I'm actually from Northern Illinois. So I feel you on that. Yeah, there's not much to do up there. So you'd think about, you know, having sex, eating food and killing people. That's pretty much the gamut. When you're from those places, right? Wisconsin's got Dahmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gein. Wasn't Gein from Wisconsin? Gein was Illinois, I think. Oh. Um, a li- I think he was more Illinois. Uh, Gacy was Illinois. He was Illinois. I think, I mean, anytime people are here, they talk yeah. about Dahmer and they talk about Lorenzia Bambenek, who was not a serial killer, but she was a controversial true crime type of scenario that goes on here. So I don't hear, you don't hear Ed Gein a lot in the Milwaukee area, or at least. No. That's more of an Illinois thing. My dad actually saw him. Um, he was being transported for something. My dad works in law enforcement and he said he was not a very, or maybe that was Richard Speck, one of those, but that he wasn't very attractive. Oh, he died in the mental health Institute in Madison, Wisconsin. I knew there was a, the Wisconsin connection there somewhere. Don't ask me why I knew that. I have no idea. I think I watched something about it. Because you drink Here's coffee and know things. I'm junkie. I do, I do drink coffee and know many things. You read books and know things. Most, most of which are completely irrelevant to <laughs> polite society. But this right here, girls, this is not polite society. No. No. We can be as rude as we want on this podcast. Woo. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not very with it today. We're like, woo, where's my coffee? I think there's like a time warp between Moore and Tuttle. Because I don't understand why it takes me so long to get here some days. You know, it doesn't make sense to me either because usually it's only a 20-minute drive from David Stanley to the house. And David Stanley's right around the corner from my house. I know. And today, I left before 6 o'clock. I left my house at 5.50 because I had to stop and get gas. So you figure about five minutes to get gas. It usually doesn't take very long to get gas because, you know, pay at the pump. And I didn't get here until like, what, 40, 35? Yeah. You got here just right after I did. Why is it taking an hour to get to Tuttle? I I don't understand. It's a time warp. Go ahead, sing it. I don't know that song. Let's do the time warp again. (laughs) I'm going to have to cut that out. That was really bad. (laughs) It was brilliant. (laughs) That's from... from Rocky Horror Picture Show. You girls are just all too young. I like well, Rocky. I Allison didn't say whether or not she knew it or not. Do you know that song, Allison? The Rocky Horror one? Yeah. No, not not like off the top of my head. It sounds kind of familiar, but it's not one I just know off the top of my head. I think the only reason that I know it off the top of my head is because there was a, a radio commercial that featured that little clip. Mm-hmm. I don't know the rest of the song. I just know that. <laughs> a tiny little clip that was on the radio commercial. I've never even seen Rocky Horror Picture Show, so. Oh, I've seen it. I just don't remember it because I was so yeah. stoned when I went to see it that I don't remember it. I went and watched that with Christy. Did in you? In a movie theater. Yeah. It was Halloween and she wanted to go watch it in the theater and she didn't have anyone to watch it with. It was fun. Yeah. Did they did they act it out and do all this stuff? Yeah. It was like the actual, like, it was a movie. At Meatloaf was in it. It was like No, no, act- no. I mean, usually if you have a showing in public of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you have people who do this weird participation thing where they have props and they get up in front of the screen and they do all this... I would describe it to you, but I was so stoned. I know it had something to do with popcorn or or spray bottles or some. I I don't. We should look that up. The props? Yeah. Oh. People were like, they were frisking people at the door because they didn't want them trashing the place. I don't remember. Hmm. Maybe I was even so stoned I made that up. I don't know. Are you sure that you just thought somebody was frisking people at the door and it wasn't somebody just getting fresh with you? Maybe somebody was just giving me a little bit of a thrill. Somebody was giving you a pat down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, say, I mean, marijuana does cause hallucinations. So. <laughs> Could you frisk me a little to the left, please? <laughs> I think I'm hiding something in my left bra cup. <laughs> If you could have only seen her, seen her demurely hold up her left arm. <laughs> uh.
first place I've ever been for humidity. And mind you, I literally grew up along the Illinois River, the I&M Canal, all that kind of stuff. Fucking Arkansas, man. My <laughs> young sister lived in Little Rock for a few years. And apparently my parents and I are just stupid. We all went to visit in like July or August. Oof. And we stayed in an Airbnb and I'm like, we're here. And then we get into the Airbnb and it's like, please don't move the air above this, you know, or below this temperature. I was like, fuck that. It's going down. Like, uh, and my mom, who's, you know, going through menopause, she's like, I can't do this. Oh, it's awful. Oh, the boob sweat and like the chasing <laughs> and all that. I mean, it is just, it, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> well, I mean, your bra is just wet all day long. You put it on mm-hmm. and you're still wet because you can't dry off after your shower because there's no getting dry. You put your bra on and it gets into the padding and it's just, it's, it's over. You're going to yep. smell like boob sweat for the rest of the day. I hate that. Yeah, it's awful. Men you would not it. know about that, Martha. I, I just can't participate in this conversation. My boobs are little. <laughs> Boob sweat is bad. They do sweat occasionally, you know. I, I I am famously not interested in sweating. So if I can avoid it at any cost, I'm going to do that thing. Like if I'm running around my house without a bra on, like, you know, on the weekend or whatever, and it's starting to get a little hot and a little humid, and I don't have the air quite down as far as I probably should have it down, and I start to get sweat. Sometimes I just walk around holding my boobs up because it's just hot and sticky and sweaty. Stand and in bleh. front of the stand in front of the fan with your boobs lifted up. Yes, yeah. I have done that. Oh, same. The, or the other good thing. I don't know if any of y'all do this, but I do this. I just lift them up, tuck the T-shirt under for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Do that <laughs> when I'm watching TV and stuff. I am and eating. You tuck the underneath, and hopefully yeah. it's long enough that you know your belly's still all the way covered when your boobs are all jacked with your shirt you underneath. <laughs> you just give it a little time in there to de-stick, and then pull it on out. It's well, I'm learning all kinds of stuff here. Sorry, can't participate in that conversation. Oh. Well, now that we've covered all of the boob, boob issues. We always talk about boobs. I mean, maybe it's well, just because... I have to talk about boobs when, like, Rachel's on, the, because talking to you and Megan about boobs doesn't really help because you guys are kind of smaller. Oh, just say flat. Come on. You guys are part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. Yeah. I'm <laughs> definitely more so than Megan, though. <laughs> I think I'm the chairperson. The chairperson of the yeah. Titty Committee? Yeah, I, I used to get teased for that when I was younger. Oh, did you guys see, because of because you're my Oklahoma girls, what? that Joe Exotic's zoo was given to Carol Baskin? We yes. did. Of course we saw that. It was on the news right away when that happened. I was floored, because to me... Remember, I think it was one of the Zoom calls I said to you, Martha. I said, it, it was he really a thing in yeah. Oklahoma? I obviously in Wisconsin never even heard of this guy. And I could not believe the cast of characters <laughs> that was on that documentary. Every episode, you're like, okay, it can't get weirder. Oh, no, it definitely no, can. It and the guy who, um, the guy who, this just happened a couple of days ago. The dude who he hired to kill Carol Baskin Got arrested for DUI the other day. The guy that was sitting in the bathtub when he was being interviewed, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) I like, and I watch a lot of documentaries and I've seen all, I love the ID channel. I've seen all the classic ones because like I said, I'm a serial killer fanatic and all this stuff. So Tiger King came out and at first I'm like, I'm not really interested in it. My friend's like, oh my God, you got to watch Tiger King. It's like the craziest I've ever seen. And I watched like the first episode. I'm like, okay, this guy's kind of weird, but he's kind of funny. You kind of like him. And then the next episode, I'm like, oh my God, I fucking hate Joe Exotic. Oh, who's this Carol lady? And then it's like on and on and on. And I like, there were three, I literally narrowed it down. My friends and I just had this conversation the other day. I narrowed it down to the top three weirdest things that Tiger King showed. (laughs) In no particular order. All right, go. One, when the guy who worked for him, I can't forget the name, gets his arm ripped off by a tiger. Oh, that was one of mine, too. puts a fucking paramedic coat on. Yeah. He's telling everyone to call 911 and he puts it, and then all of a sudden they show him putting a, a paramedic coat on. Okay. That yeah. was number one. That's pretty fucking weird. Number two was at 
his husband's funeral, Travis, and that whole part of it was just really sad and scary and, and whatnot, how he died. He comes out in a priest outfit. I was thinking to myself. Well, it's, you know, dress for the job you want. No person <laughs> thought that was weird. No oh, person yeah. like picked up the phone and was like, um, there's something really wrong with that. And then number three was that Alan Hoover guy being interviewed in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know another great um, Oklahoma documentary that really shows us in a great light oh. is if you have Hulu, it's called yeah. Red Dog and it's about a strip club that's in North Oklahoma City. You should watch that. I'm going to have to come and watch that at your house Holy since I crap. don't have Hulu. They, oh my God, talk about white trash. Then we picked the funniest part of the whole documentary, which was when Joe, and that this was all footage that he had when he was filming his TV show. <laughs> so it wasn't the Netflix filmmakers that were filming this. This was footage Joe's, that he like yeah. willingly gave to them. Mm-hmm. And he's like standing in the tiger's den or whatever. And there's, he's talking and they're sniffing at his feet and they just keep filming and they grab him and they like, knock him over and grab him and drag him into like the tiger den and everyone just watches us nobody helps them yep <laughs> yeah everybody just stands there and they literally show like the person filming it literally just shows like everyone else going to work like yeah. like nothing like on. it's a normal and thing he's like screaming for help and nobody <laughs> and then he blamed somebody for putting something on his pants remember yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. And Carol Baskin, weird psycho that she is, she's like, oh, no, a tiger wouldn't go after perfume. They just want to drool all over it. If you want a, if you want a tiger to eat you, you put sardine oil on them. It's like, huh. <laughs> and how, how did you know she that? know that? <laughs> that bitch <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> so weird. Oh, and I thought the other thing I thought was so weird is when they show this like real briefly, but I caught on to it and I had to tell my friends about it because they didn't recall this. But at one point, Joe Exotic's sitting there reading her diary. Carol's yeah, I wondered there. how he got that. Like, how did you get that? He must have had spies or something that went down there. He must have. And apparently you can write him. In jail? Are you going to write him, Allison? I thought, you know, I really thought of just (laughs) if he was right there. (laughs) If you do, you have have to come on the podcast and tell us about your letter. I just would love, like, I want to know what he thinks of Jeff Lowe. Well, Jeff Lowe, Jeff Lowe's getting his ass handed to him. He's going to though. Yeah, because they're taking his they're taking away his new place that he built down in Winniewood because he didn't pay his taxes. Yeah, like seventy six K or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get on some books. (laughs) Do it. I bet you're all wondering why I brought you together here. Are you gonna put your priest outfit on now? Like if if anybody has any reason why these Three book girls should not be joined. Speak now or forever hold your fucking peace. So long as I don't have to stay in this house forever. Well, it, it depends on if you give me COVID. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, you, then you're screwed. If you COVID me, then you just have to stay here with me and I can beat on you for giving it to me. That wouldn't work because my dog's an asshole and would beat up on your dog. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She has an asshole dog. She's just a diva. She just thinks that she needs all the attention. I think she, you guys are a perfect couple. Are you saying I'm a diva? <laughs> hey, now. Love you, baby. That's, <laughs> that's bullying. At each other. I'm not bullying. I'm just. You're bullying. All right, whatever. That's a mean comment about my dog. You know I love your dog. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Okay, so books, 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 books. All right, so I decided to go with a classic that I've actually been meaning to read for a long time and. I don't know why I hadn't looked before, but it actually was at the library, and it was The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Yay, I love that book. Well, I don't know why I haven't read this before now, because... It is totally a Vani book. It is a Vani book. <clears throat> so what this is about, it's about a story of a Jorgis Rudkus, and he is a Slav immigrant who comes to Chicago with his family to America so that he can make his fortune and whatever. Because, you know, over in other countries, America was like this great place that you can go and get rich and so on and so forth. So he comes to Chicago with his family 
and goes to work at the stockyards. And it's just, he runs into problem after problem. He um, tries to buy a house. At first, they're like renting a room, which is a lot of people in the same house. All of these people in this room, and it's dirty, and it's infested, and he wants to get out of there. So he decides that he's going to buy a house. So he takes what little savings that he has that he brought with him from overseas to buy a house, and they're not completely honest about the price of the house, and he ends up having to spend a whole lot more money on this house than what he's supposed to And then he finds out that this house has all of these problems that it was just kind of gingerbreaded. So they didn't know about it until after they moved in and things started going wrong. And, um, you know, he's working at the stockyards and not making very much money. And this is before they had any kind of regulations to keep workers safe. So they're working in this horrid, these horrible conditions where sometimes you couldn't even see very well because of the steam that's in the room from the animals, you know, breathing into the cold air and everybody has knives. So injuries were a big thing. And if you got injured, they're not going to pay you. And if you don't come to work, they give your job to somebody else. And then you can't feed your family, basically. So it's a horrible scenario that he gets kind of tossed into and he can't find his way out. And People in the family end up, you know, dying, horrible deaths, and just, it it just really brings to light how horrible some of the immigrants in this country had it, you know, in these big cities. I mean, like I said, it was just, it was dirty, it was unsanitary, the streets were, you know, dirt and mud, and the houses were raised up. So when there was a lot of rain and everything, I mean, the streets were just rivers of filth because, I mean, there's animals all over the place and it's just, it was a sad book. It was horrible. I said it brought you down. Well, I mean, I like books like that. So it's a good book for me and it, (laughs) it's actually what happened. This is historical fiction. This is what these, these people in these cities had to endure and live through before they had regulations and you know the bosses actually had to treat them with a little bit of decency and sadly in this country which it's better now than what it was definitely but it's a system that keeps the poor people poor and the rich people just keep getting richer I mean once you're when you're low class or low middle class it's so hard to get out of that to make your way because as soon as you, you know, start to get ahead a little bit or whatever, you know, your rent goes up or your car breaks down. So then you have to spend, you know, your money that you had in savings on these expenses that you weren't anticipating and you're right back where you started. It's just Mm. so easy to just not ever make any headway. There are some people that argue, too, that middle class has essentially been eliminated and they state that it's, you know, you have like your 99 percent and then it's kind of broken up into like upper middle, which, you know, is kind of there. And then lower middle of, yeah, we're mostly okay, but something happens like we're kind of in a struggle and then lower socioeconomic status of, you know, people who have to live in lower income housing and those types of things. And so it's even further started to separate with that stuff. Right. Crazy. And the, the, the horrible thing is though, because, and I know because this is my whole life, um, you know, when you're under a certain income class, you qualify for the lower income housing and, you know, you get help from the state and everything else. And, but once you get just above it, and I'm talking like just above it, they take everything away. Mm-hmm. So then you're trying to have to make up for what you were getting, you know, the the cheaper rent or whatever. So even though you're making a little bit more money, you're essentially making less money you're, because you're, you have more bills than what you did. 
Right. And that's why it's so hard to like climb out of this. Yeah, I feel like Thanks. I, for me, I went through a divorce in 2018 and I have a little guy and I kind of had been in that state where, you know, when I was, when I first became a single mom, I had some help and then I got, you know, a better job and better raises and then I didn't have any help financially and then even though I'm making more money, it's not making up for because your bills are more. Right. I said I have to work overtime or at one point I picked up a second job, you know, to pay for the things that I had help with before. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And And sometimes it can be as little as like $5 of, well, your income is like the, like some ridiculously low amount Mm-hmm. Above it, so they're like, "Well, we're going to cut your food stamps, or we're going to cut WIC, or we're going to, you know, you don't qualify for free daycare or any of that stuff." And it's like really over, basically no money at all. Right. Like, I think if it was like a thousand dollars or something, a little more reasonable. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they, don't, and they don't just take like they don't just cut down your benefit. Like if you're making. Uh, even a hundred dollars over the limit they don't just cut your daycare by a hundred dollars they take the whole thing away right so you go from paying like no daycare to paying you know 500 a month for daycare yeah right mm-hmm. right which it's is insane it is i don't have just 500 dollars to like whip out every month and neither does a single parent or somebody who makes it you know it's it's insane right and yeah. even like you said even a thousand dollars over a year, a thousand dollars in a year's time is not that much extra money in every single paycheck. And then you're talking about, especially when you do have a little guy, because my son was seven when I got divorced. Um, you still have all of their school expenses. If they play sports, you have all of their sports. Um, my son had asthma and was sick a lot, especially the first two years that I was single, a single parent. And so you have all of the asthma medicine and I had to buy, you know, the steroids and the, the treatments and I had to buy the machine and it's just, and she had had a deadbeat husband. Well, I'm talking well, I was talking about after I got divorced, but yeah, yeah. when I was married, he was was a deadbeat. He he was not helping though. After you got, you guys got divorced, he was not helping. But anyways, we got a way away from this book, but this, when I was reading this book, that's just what I thought about is this is a a really good example on how, especially back in 2000 or 1906, I'm sorry, 1906, that they just kept these immigrants just dirt poor. And because if they were dirt poor, they would work for very little wages because even just a little bit of money was better than nothing at all. Not to mention even the state of this meat packing company that would just put just awful rancid meat in with the regular meat and just can it and sell it to people Uh, or grind it up into hot dogs which is this book is responsible for my not eating hot dogs yeah i refuse to eat hot dogs too they're disgusting yeah and this book is responsible for that i i read this book and i was like i'm never ever gonna eat that to be fair that's not how they make hot dogs nowadays there's regulations they can't do uh, that stuff it doesn't matter just the I don't idea want to know how they make hot dogs nowadays. Well, I don't want to know either, but there's regulations. I know that they can't sell you, you know, tuberculosis meat anymore. Well, that's it's the idea of grinding meat up and putting it into another shape that grosses me out more so than yeah. you know, cuz you don't know, you don't know what part of the cow that came from. It could be the the penis tip of the cow that you're eating. So long Every as it's time delicious. That my little guy asks for a hot dog, I just cringe. And I'm like, are you Did sure? you really just say that? Yes. As long as it's delicious. As long as it's delicious. Honey, get out of my head. <laughs> People eat weirder things. People eat snails because they think they're delicious. And would you look at a slimy snail going down the sidewalk and think, mm. Anyway. Okay. The only thing um, I would have to say about this book that was bad is that the very last probably three chapters or so goes real heavy into extreme socialism and it was okay for a little while but then after a while and after like an hour I was kind of like all right I'm sick of all of the political shit so just tell me what happens and wrap it up (laughs) wrap it up wrap it up man wrap it up 
And again, that was called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Now that we had a big political discussion. Now let's get some killers up in here. Because <laughs> I know that's what you two are going to do <laughs> in one way or the other. Am I right, Rachel? Yeah. Yep, thought so. And I know Allison is going there too, so. Which way I'm going, I guess, kind of depends which way Rachel's going. Okay, so Rachel can go first and. Okay, so the book that I read, um, it has a fairly long title, but you can you can just look for it, The Family Next Door by John Glatt, G-L-A-T-T. But the full title is The Family Next Door, The Heartbreaking Imprisonment of the 13 Turpin siblings and their extraordinary rescue. I hate it when they give a book a title that could be a paragraph. It basically is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So this, well, it's not a story. It's the, um, uh, basically the telling of, and I actually liked how the, how it started out because the religion of, this family has a lot to do with sort of belief systems. um, And the book is very, very focused on sort of the culture of being secretive with family abuse and different things. So it gives you a little bit of family background before they introduce you to Louise and David Turpin. Um, So, Louise came from a family with a wealthy grandfather uh, whom her mother would loan, essentially. Um, She and her sister, as well as other female cousins out for their grandfather to sexually (gasps) assault, abuse, and then he would pay the mom money. And so she was taking them over there pretty regularly um, if not daily at some point. So sh- she would take the girls over there, he would pay her, and then she would leave them there for a period of time for him to do whatever. And he she pleased. knew what he was doing? Yes. Oh, what an yeah. evil bitch. She was, um, she was fully aware. Um, and so, which actually caused the divorce between the grandmother and grandfather because grandma knew nothing about this. And so Louise is the mom that we talk about during the story of this family. Um, And the grandmother divorced her grandfather when she walked in um, on him raping Louise when she was a little girl. Oh, so that's, it's a a generational, I kind of wondered about that. Right. And so even with that, so the mom knew the grandmother found out, but the worst that happened is she divorced him. It was never made public and the abuse then continued. Um, So at age 16, Louise meets David, who at the time is in like his early 20s and they run away together. They get married and David um, has a college degree and he makes a lot of money. He kind of works, I think, in the aerospace field and um, different things like that. And so, you know, things I guess you're a 16 year old bride. It's not like super normal, but you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean, they get married and it's kind of whatever. And then they start having children and they eventually end up having 13 children. Oh, Um, these are the, okay. These are the, all right. Okay. I remember when the story was on the news, I thought it sounded familiar. And now that you've said that, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and you know, things, she was more communicative with her family early on in things, but things just started to get weird. So, um, she's from West Virginia. I believe they both are. And, um, once they got married, they were living in Texas. Um, and they lived in Texas for a good while and in the same home in Texas for about 10 years. Um, you know, and the neighbors noticed things weird and all this kind of stuff, but nobody really does anything. Um, And then they start getting into massive amounts of debt and everything. And when the bill collectors come calling, they leave. But during that time, a whole lot of other shit's going on. Like, just, I would encourage you to read the book. Um, 
I'm not going to go into like super gory detail, but some of the worst abuse and neglect um, and abuse, I mean, physically, psychologically, um, just awful um, to the point where I think I think every one of their children, except for the baby who was two years old, um, she was physically abused um, and had some issues, but I don't think she has the cognitive issues that a lot of the older kids do. Um, but eventually, after about 10 years, they moved to California. And things start to get even weirder. Um, the parents kind of start to, um, they, sort of disconnect themselves from their church to explore other things. Um, you know, the mom says she's involved with witchcraft and all that kind of stuff, which I mean, whatever, but, um, they start drinking and partying and they also kind of become swingers. Um, so that's kind of interesting. (laughs) Um, swingers. Yeah. Do they have a turquoise rock in front of their house to signal to the other swingers (laughs) that, Come on in. And in the book, they called them swingers. But when they gave some examples, I'm like, that's not how swingers work. That's more like a fetish because, you know, like he drove her to some motel and he waited in the parking lot while she had sex with some dude and recorded it. And then she brought the tape out so he could watch it. Yeah, that's more fetish behavior, I would say. Yeah, more fetish. That's giving me real heavy the couple next door vibes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, like a year later, they went back to this exact same hotel and had sex with each other because of the thrill. I mean, it's it's you know, but the thing that sort of breaks all of this open is it was I want to say January of 2018. Um, their, at the time, 17-year-old daughter. Um, she had been planning an escape for about two years, and they were getting ready to move again. And, you know, the kids were all really concerned, like, I don't know if we can handle this. What's going to happen when we move to the new place? Because every time they moved, things got a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Um, and she had finally just, she's like, I can't do this anymore. And she found an opportunity and escaped and called 911 on a cell phone that um, one of her older siblings had, but had been deactivated. But even on a deactivated phone, you can, you can dial 911. Um, So she contacts the police and luckily they believe her. And I believe she even has some photos. And that night they, the, the police enter the home and, um, you know, the kids are, are taken and it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really awful. And it's just, it's one of those baffling things that you just think in your head, how can you do that to another human being, let alone these little babies, these are your kids. And when they were rescued, the age range of these children was the, from two to 29, their youngest was two and their oldest was 29 and they were all and kept in the house captive chained to beds like all these types of things um and then when they start getting into sort of the medical conditions that they're all in i mean it's horrific that these people and so like the children that were adults i mean they have to learn how to adapt to the world around them and in one part of uh, the story they um, they are talking to the dietitian for these kids, and so they have no clue what fresh fruits or vegetables are. They've never had them. They don't know what they are, and um, so they're trying to get them to try different things. And one thing in particular they found frightening was a tomato. You know, for whatever reason, that just didn't jive well with them. So the dietitian actually had to you know eat it in order for them to try it and understand it was okay. And they ended up really liking it, but they have no clue what any of that stuff is. Wow. I I can't imagine. Mm. No, I can't. I can't even. I can't. Imagine. It would almost be like being from a different planet. If you're so isolated from 
reality mm-hmm. and from society that you don't have any idea how to interact. You have you have no exposure to the outside world at all. And that's unfortunately oh, their normal. That's all that they know. So coming out into like a real world or coming out of that situation was probably like extremely like terrifying yeah and you know yeah i think that one's on my read list i haven't read it yet but i think that story does ring a bell as you were describing it Mm -hmm. and it's very very recent um and just reading too like the reaction of the parents once they're arrested and and trial and stuff you just i I don't even, I couldn't even sit in front of them and be, and just listen to them bullshit and say, well, you know, well, uh, I didn't do anything wrong. Like what? what? It just makes you angry. Right. That. Oh, it makes me angry that there's people out there in the world that would do that to their children. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I found particularly just disturbing was the children were only allowed to bathe or be bathed about once a year, every nine months to 12 months. And they would get bathed more often if they had like a big event where they had to be out in public. Um, Other than that, though, they were only allowed to wash their hands up to their wrist. That was it. So they never bathed after other than that? Oh, and they, they wore the same clothes all the time. Um, and the parents would do these other psychological things that were just really disturbing, like buying them all. Uh, when they lived in Texas, their neighbors noticed they bought all of the children new bikes one year and they lined them up out in the carport and they just sat there for years, never touched. So they bought all of these bikes and toys and stuff and then they just put them in the house or, you know, Um, the same thing with food, like the parents would eat really well and go out to dinner. And one of the particularly disturbing things that the mom did is she would buy these pies, right? And she would sit them on the kitchen counter and the children weren't allowed to eat them. And she would just let them mold. Once they were molded, they would be tossed aside and then she would buy more and let them do the same thing. That's crazy. That's crazy. So what did the kids eat if they didn't know what even a tomato was what did they feed them so they had basically three meals that the older daughter was allowed to prepare for them they were allowed to come down to the kitchen one at a time and on the mother's command they either got to eat a peanut butter sandwich um a bologna sandwich or a frozen burrito and chips i think and that was the meal rotation. Mm-mm. That's crazy. Yeah. That, and so that was it. God damn, Rachel. Way to bring the fucking room down. See, and you say I read sad books. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Now the nice, you know, um, you know, they're in jail, which is awesome. Good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Happy know. ending. Yeah. Now, whether or not they have any remorse, I don't know. But you can read the there's a lot more detail in the book about and there are some quotes actually from the children. Um, There's some insight from them in the book and some of their interviews uh, when they were first brought in, some of the things and that they recalled would happen to them. Um, So there's feedback from them in there, too. Hmm. So. I'm um, not going to be reading that, wow. Rachel. Sorry. Yeah, I, I probably will be reading that, Rachel. <laughs> yes. um, so again, I, if you like true crime type stuff or those types of things and it doesn't bother you, um, it's, it's a good read. Um, and again, it's called The Family Next Door by John Glass. Well, I put you two on this podcast at the same time for a reason. Because you knew there'd be a lot of talk about murder. Because I knew that the true crime junkie and both of you would just feed off of each other. It's true. I mean, my true crime one is disturbing. But honestly, the thriller was more disturbing in in the long run. So I'll go with the thriller. Okay. I read The Wives by Taryn Fisher. 
It is a thriller. This was the first book I ever read by this author. And I went back after reading this book and looked at her other books. And it doesn't seem like this is her normal genre of writing, from what I could gather. The book surrounds a woman whose name is Thursday. There's no point in the book where she reveals her actual name. But her name is Thursday. And her husband, Seth, has two other wives named Monday and Tuesday. Oh, Jesus. So they're called by the na- the day that they get to spend time with their husband. So when I first started reading this book, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, this might be too sister wifey for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. too weird. Yeah. Until she... So I will say the character development of Thursday in this book was really, really well done. Um, She's completely cool with what's going on in the beginning of the book. She speaks very matter-of-factly about it. You know, I'm Thursday. My husband comes to see me on Thursday. We have sex. We love it. It's great. And then we rotate weekends with Monday and Tuesday. And Monday is pregnant with a child and they have a discussion. This is like five pages into the book about this pregnancy that this other baby he's having with Monday. And she's totally cool with the whole thing. Right. And then she, as the book goes on, starts to get like, I don't know what any woman normally would be like if they signed up for this situation and starts to get curious and she starts to try and find out who Monday and Tuesday really are. Cause all she, she doesn't even know their real names. She knows the names are Monday and Tuesday. And the book dips very early on, and this is not a spoiler, but it dips into how she meets the, her husband, Seth. And he was married originally to Tuesday. That was his first wife. First and, and legal wife was Tuesday. And she meets them. They go on dates. And then he, asks her if he wants she wants to join this little he tells her he has a wife she's like fuck you you're crazy and he ends up roping her into this and he ends up divorcing tuesday and marrying thursday and monday comes into the picture last so she starts doing all this research and she finds them and she starts to unravel this mystery and i'm literally going to stop there because i don't want to give anything else away but the ending of this book it got pretty mixed reviews on goodreads i gave it five stars because when i read a book even if i fucking hate the ending if it surprises me out of nowhere and it was completely unpredictable for me it deserves five stars in my I'm, book i'm a bit like that as well if it's if even, it's n- not something yeah. i could have ever imagined even if it's like really that's kind of where you're going with this this book I will compare it for anybody who's read the book Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinborough. It was. It wouldn't go there. Oh, it it goes there where you're like, what the fuck just happened? Um, I thought it was really good. I read it in a day, which I'm a relatively quick reader, but it was pretty unput downable because you kind of go through these emotions with her. And, you know, like she does things like she talks so much in the beginning of the book, how comfortable she is with this situation, how comfortable she is with Seth, how much this doesn't bother her. And then she starts to do things where you're like, no, Thursday, don't don't do that. Like, no. And you're like covering your eyes and you know, <laughs> I, cover, <laughs> I cover my eyes when shit happens in books I don't like to where I, I talk to the characters. Oh, don't don't go in there. Yeah, don't do it. You know, like, for example, and this, I guess, really isn't a spoiler, but she, you know, she she knows nothing about these women. So when she's finding out about Monday and Tuesday, she has to do it really secretly, right? So she finds Tuesday, which was his original wife, on Facebook, and she sets up a dating profile using her own oh. brother's photos, as in Thursday's brother's photos. Uh contact Tuesday who you find out what her real name is you never find out what Thursday's actual name is 
so the rest of the week and then and he's so they don't live together at all he lives with he has a home with each of them on mondays he lives with monday on tuesday he lives with tuesdays wednesdays his travel day because i think it's like seattle and then she's like somewhere else you know like there's a travel day in between and then thursday well no because you don't want all your wives in the same state well, unless yeah. you're in a sister wives type thing <laughs> and they all live in, you know, adjoining bedrooms and shit. Yeah. And you totally think this book is going to go a certain way and it, it doesn't. It goes a completely different way. Hmm. And then you're, I was literally sitting there like, what the hell? So if you're a thriller person, Martha, I think you might actually really like this book. Be- I, I know that you're cringing because of the sister wives <laughs> But <laughs> she can't but, even really see me very well because if we're kind of at a distance on Zoom. But yeah, I was cringing. I was knows. cringing. But the twists behind it. It's like the minute that she kind of starts deciding that she's going to look into things. And you're curious, too, as the reader. You're like, yeah, who, who is Monday? You know? And and who is Tuesday? And then she starts doing all these things, and you're like, "Whoa, she's gonna get caught! She's gonna get caught! She's gonna get caught!" It just spirals from there. So you might actually really like the twists. Bonnie's given. I might like this book. I, I don't know. I, 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 I it about. sounds like it might be even a little too tense for me. I like extremely tense. Maybe like I'll maybe psychological I'll leave, uh, maybe I'll leave this one to Bonnie to, <laughs> to sort out, and so she can she can see if I like it. Let's see. It's called The Wives. Let's see the if, Wives by Taryn Fisher. Let's see if the library you know, I, has them. I typed it in, yeah. and it's already on my wish list on my Nook app. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gave it five stars. I haven't written my Goodreads review yet on it, because I don't even know what to say about that. But they, it, it did get very mixed reviews. A lot of people either really loved the ending or didn't like the ending. But to me, if an author can throw you so off track... And just bring it to something so different. They deserve a five-star rating. I'm totally with you on that. A hundred percent. As long as it's a little. Okay. Because if we're talking behind her eyes, like. It wasn't behind her eyes. Unbelievable. It was very believable. It was just that same kind of like. Shock. You thought you had it all figured out. The last event is playing out. And then all of a sudden the explanation starts to come out and you're like. Oh my God, this is not, this is, wait, 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 you know. I was so mad at the end of Behind Her Eyes, though. I was like, because I loved it up to that point, and I was like, this is garbage. Garbage! <laughs> Behind Her Eyes, the reveal was like the the actual reveal of what the hell was, it, how it was ending was the last, like, one page. Yeah. It's like you're like I still don't really have all the answers and it's like the last sentence you're like what the fuck this book's not quite like that it's just and it's not unbelievable it's actually very believable awesome very mm. possible. it's just not anything that you would at least for me that I expected with the way that the author set up all the other characters with the way the author set up how Thursday went about everything hmm how the author made the husband look, you know, the all the other character developments. She is totally... It, is it kind of like the girl on the train twist? No, I it's uh, better, in my opinion, than the girl on the train twist, but there is an event, I won't say what it is, but there's an event that happens about halfway through the book, and you get so fucking angry at the character that does this thing to Thursday that I think that's where you go blind, in my opinion. Hmm. hmm. That's where, like, the red herring was for me. Interesting. I am intrigued, but I don't think... I don't think I'm intrigued enough because it sounds so super tense. It It's tense, but it's, it's tense in a thriller sense. It's not tense content-wise. There's hmm. not, like, abuse. Good, because I freaking hate that. There, so there's no spousal abuse. They just make him look like a guy that's married to three wives. You kind of despise them, despise him off the bat because you're like, ugh, you know. Yeah. But there's not, there's not like abuse. Um, hmm. The event, like, I went back through the book and skimmed different parts of it, trying to see where the freaking clue was. 
<laughs> you know it's good when you have to go back. And how I how I missed it because I this just was not what I would have predicted the ending to have been. So I'm, I'll probably start it tonight. I just, you have to message me and tell me what you think of it. Okay. I want you to message me halfway through and tell me <laughs> I want to know if I am, was just that stupid. <laughs> so that was The Wives by Taryn Fisher. Well, I think I'm just going to turn the whole thing on its head here. You're going to do a romance? I'm going to do something ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do a romance. Just checking. No, I would say I'm going to shock you to your core if I was going to do a romance. Oh, okay. We'd all fall over. Yeah, that's not happening. If only you'd heard us talk about romances on the Friday night call. Oh, my God, it was the best. I wish I'd recorded it. Um, anyway... The book I'm going to review this week is called Space Unicorn Blues by T.J. Barry. So you were you were tripping when you read this? You know, I think it might have kind of been better if I'd, a little if I'd had a little something something in my system. Ain't you a special mushroom when I first, Yeah, really. <laughs> when I first started listening to this, I almost stopped because it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I like ridiculous and weird. But this is, like, ridiculous. The reason that I was able to sort of talk myself into continuing to read it is, it from the very beginning, it felt like I was watching a movie. Like, if you took Shrek and crossed it with um, Guardians of the Galaxy... So you were high when you read this book. I kind of felt like I sort of <laughs> sort of kind of was. It actually was a really good book. After I got past the whole thing, the main character is half unicorn. I I just looked it up on Goodreads and I read that. <laughs> yeah, he's half unicorn. You read it? No, I read the synopsis and it says in the synopsis. Yeah, like, Gary. Gary's half unicorn and he this is... This is my dad's name, so I'm laughing even <laughs> What what's it called again? It's Space Unicorn Blues. It's so, a series. Like it's part of a series. Yeah, I haven't uh I haven't um gone to number two yet, but I I like I said, I sort of um was seeing it in a different light because it is sort of an, a, a ridiculous type book, but it was so entertaining at the same time. Because it was so different, and with everything going on in the world right now, you guys, I am just stressed all the fucking time. I don't want reality in my head. And what's better than a freaking space unicorn? That's true. So Gary... uh, (laughs) Gary... um, is, is freshly out of prison at the beginning of this book. He's been held captive for something that he's done and he walks into a bar and he smells this perfume of this woman who had kept him captive and forced him to um unicorn horn is a very powerful fuel it can fuel spaceships so basically he was kept captive in order to to fuel a, a spaceship they tied him up and kept digging his horn out you know every time you feed him feed him um calcium rich bones and stuff and then they can grow their horn back and then you use the horn (laughs) rachel's raising her hand yes i just caught up because initially i thought you said unicorn porn (laughs) no there's no porn involved actually there's no sex in the book at all sorry rachel yeah i know that on the call we talked about some interesting types of of porn like dinosaur porn and t-rex porn and whatnot and it, and if this interests you you should join us at the friday night call because the kind of shit that comes up on there i'm telling you i just i misheard you and so it made the next couple like things that you were saying really confusing and i said oh she's porn unicorn yes horn 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 
the horn it is a phallic shape so you know well, i mean he could have done some porn fresh out of prison he needed some money fast well, man. he is part unicorn you know so maybe his junk is just particularly uh who doesn't want to bang a unicorn magical i'm kind of surprised there was no porn delicious. in this actually it would have been it would have been actually really even better but but it did have quite a serious side to it and um i really enjoyed that's the, really the bottom line is I was able to completely escape 2020. Thank you, TJ Barry, for for the Space Unicorn Blues, which really got me out of reality for a little while. I enjoyed it enough that I will probably go back and read the second one. Really? it's. I gave it four stars because it was entertaining enough. Like I said, I had to, I had to make that place in my head that said Shrek plus Guardians of the Galaxy, this would make a great movie. I was going to say, if it was a movie, I'd probably watch it. This would make a great movie. It's got great characters in it. It's got a great plot. But you have to let go of everything to get into it. Because it's ridiculous. Well, so is Guardians of the Galaxy. It is. And, and, it, and it, that's what the feel of this book was like for me. Um, and I, I think I would probably even enjoy it reading it a second time down the line because <laughs> it was, you know, just bizarre enough to make my strange little heart go pit-a-pat. Awesome. So I don't really need to go into the details of the plot. It was just really a fun read. Um, it, it did have to do with Gary making a choice to, to help power the spaceship and he gets back on the ship where he was held captive okay. and he goes on this adventure basically with the woman who held him captive and the crew that was there before and there's some major craziness that happens on the ship as it usually does in a science fiction novel. Mm-hmm. And you would think that most of it would be amusing, but it really isn't. It's 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 a serious story. It just happens to have a half unicorn and some other really strange characters that that come up. I think whoever wrote this must have had maybe some acid. <laughs> maybe they were high. Yeah, maybe T.J. Barry had a little bit of something to. They ate some of my mom's brownies. Oh shit! T.J. Barry's a woman. She ate some of my mom's brownies. <laughs> She's a bakery owner. Hey, she's making the brownies. <laughs> anyway, Space Unicorn Blues is is definitely going to, I'm going to be ha- having to get the second one and, and give it a go. Just for, it, it was very fun. So anyway, that was called Space Unicorn Blues by TJ Berry. Thanks, TJ, for the feel good feeling for 2020. I think... That, that's the only thing that could possibly cheer us up this year is something completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. I saw a meme the other day that was like, at this point, I won't even be surprised if dinosaurs make a return. <laughs> well, if they do it like in the movies, it's going to be a park I can't afford to go to, so I'm safe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have a funny story. I think a lot of the listeners know, or at least the girls that were on the call, that I adopted a dog who's never been in a home before. She was rescued from a dog horde um, in a trailer about a year ago. Um, and it was bad enough that people moved out. And luckily they had some domestic violence issues. So the police showed up and all 38 dogs were rescued. 38. And she was one of them. Huh? Uh, 38 dogs? In a trailer. Good Lord. Yep. Um, and then she's been at a shelter called Gracie's Project. If you're unfamiliar with them, check them out. They do a lot of good work around Amarillo and surrounding areas. Um, and they also transport um, dogs and cats to other states if need be. But um, so she's never been in a house before. And my sister calls her crash. And I'll tell you why. So far in the past almost three weeks that we've had her, she's run headfirst into the fence outside. Um, she's body checked the fence outside. After those two incidents, she learned how the fence works. <laughs> <laughs> she 
So the other night I was in the kitchen. So she'll look at her reflection in the stove and the dishwasher, but she's never really done anything, but like stared, maybe growled a little bit. But the other night she decided to go ahead and lightly charge at the, um, at the dishwasher and bonked her head into the dishwasher. So she learned on that one. And the thing that I hope we, we get a lot better at is the television in the living room. When she sits on the couch and the TV's not on, she can see her reflection. And because she doesn't know what that is, she barks at the television. Luckily, she doesn't attack it. Like, she'll put her paws up on the entertainment center. Oh, I but, where that was going. No, and but the funniest thing, in order to get some peace so she won't do that, we have to put a blanket over the living room television. <laughs> I told my I told my friend that the other day we went out to to dinner and she's like, "You're kidding, right?" And I said, "No, I am. Why would I make that shit up? I'm not kidding." <laughs> we also discovered because she sleeps in our bed. Um, one night she was growling and barking, and even after we turned the lights off we had left a little nightlight on i'm like why are you making all this noise well she can also see herself in we have a mirror above our dresser that's attached to the dresser i thought you were gonna say you have a mirror <laughs> above your bed <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say rachel you and tom got some something something going <laughs> i think she has a turquoise rock outside <laughs> We're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> so we had to put a, a blanket over the freaking dresser. That's funny. Boy, I'm you're just gonna... draping all kinds of furniture up in your house. I know, I'm hoping we get over that soon. It seems better, but like, what? Why? Um, Echo barks at her reflection too. And um, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, like in the first one that the the um, stone, the I can't remember the something stone, Infinity Stone is in this like little ball thing. And so they're mm-hmm. throwing the ball around the TV. Oh, my. I took a video of it because it's so freaking hilarious. She's just watching it and she's barking at it and she jumps back and it, it's hilarious. I need to find it and send it to you. It's so funny. It's well, and I, I felt like, I felt like a shitty person because when she ran into that fence, <laughs> just, I mean, my sister was here cause she was playing with my sister's dog and my husband was outside and she did it. And I just like, I had to catch my breath. I was laughing so hard cause she was fine. She didn't even stop. <laughs> and I was laughing hysterically. And so was my sister and my husband's like, she didn't run into the fence. Like, are we laughing? Is she fine? <laughs> I'm a little worried about, you know, if you did ever decide to have Kids. children, Rachel. <laughs> oh, honey, he's fine. It, it was a lot. It was a lot funnier before the concussion. <laughs> that lump will go back down. It's okay. There's if not, he can wear it. Toddlers do things like that too. See, it's normal. They realize they can see themselves in the mirror or because my toddler, does, my three-year-old does the weirdest things when he looks at himself in the mirror. <laughs> Other day, he looked at himself in the mirror and you know how like women, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you kind of turn and you like check yourself out and you check your butt. Uh-huh. Well, my toddler kind of did that and then turned around and bent over and pulled his pants down and went, I'm shaking my butt. I'm shaking my butt. <laughs> Allison, so has he, <laughs> is he mirroring your behavior, I wonder? He's working on his career. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's going to do it for Three, Three Book, Book Girls. Girls.